episode three on tap. We're already flying through all these episodes because we have so much we want to talk about. There's so much going on. I'm Blake the Cat Miller. I'm still in my tiny apartment here in Mission Viejo. I'm here with Jake. As always, Jake, how are you doing? Week one, couldn't be more excited. Um, however, my excitement kind of dwindled at looking at some of these matchups this week that we talked about. So I think there's some stinkers this week. I have a feeling it's going to be a low-scoring fantasy week to start the season off. I'm not hoping for that because as someone who loves the bet, which we'll get into Baki's bets as well, mm-hmm. I love seeing high-scoring games. I love when points are flying on the board. No one likes to take the under. It's all about the over. So I'm excited, but I just have this weird feeling that we're going to be let down a little bit. But football is back, so you can't be let down with football being back. There's always angles. There's always, uh, while you may see low scoring, that just may be a bet cover that you need to hit. And for definitely for me, the Miller time uh, dog of the week is always live, even on the, the highest of highs and lowest of lows. But regardless, it is week one. We got our matchups. We're going to go over them. We got your bets. We have we something special underdog. at the end, though. Yes, at the end. And just setting it up and, and trying to think how to introduce it it just makes me my skin crawl because we got some nightmares. we got some, uh, some old memories that we got to rehash, but let's get to the end. Let's get to the matchup. Let's get to the bets. Welcome to the North side story podcast. Let's go. All right, Jake, you want to start off with you first matchup? Let's we want do to- it. Biggest loser, uh, lowest projection total. We got a spread yes. here, 109 to 102. You're going up against a Shane quarterback sneaks. Mm-hmm. I there's not much. Let's uh, before we start with all this, I'm gonna we're gonna pretend like we know everything that like match oh, this up. This match, we have yeah. no yeah. idea. It's week one. We can kind on. of go off of what happened last year, but we're not entirely sure. Of course, if that's going to to stay the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even, there are some matchups that I see on, on one side that I do favor over the other side. And I'm actually looking at a lot on Shane's matchups. And I, I, I think there are some matchups on those sides that definitely outweigh mine. Yeah. I, let, then I, let's look at like biggest, I guess, note, and I guess really, I, let's just go storyline here. Sure. So I think really the big, the big note for you, and it's going to be this all season is going to be Aaron Rodgers Garrett Wilson connection. They're sure. going up against Buffalo. It's going mm-hmm. to be a I believe it's going to be a primetime game. It is it's Monday night. Monday night. Monday night. Yeah, in Monday in night New York or sorry, both are in New York, but at the Jets. <laughs> at oh, at the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um I Buffalo's Buffalo's defense isn't that great. Is it? They're they're good. They're I, I will say this. I actually think they're very good, but they're still missing Von Miller. So last year Von yeah. Miller got hurt towards ACL. He's gonna, I believe he's gonna start the season on the IR, which is the first four weeks. And then once he comes back, he'll be somewhat Von Miller-ish. I don't know if you can come back from it's always hard to come back from that ACL as an edge rusher and just perform the same. Also, he's getting up there in age. But Buffalo, I think, has a good defense, a solid defense. Um, in week one, you never know what you're really going to get to. And that's where I think we talked about this in our previous episode with my team and there being potential. I think Aaron Rodgers can drop 20 points, right? Yeah. But I think he can also drop 10. I, I also think there's that, you know, I, I don't, he could turn the ball over a couple times, maybe struggle to move the ball down the field in a new offense. So there's a lot of unknowns. Um, 
Garrett Wilson, I think that's another one. I think Garrett Wilson will have a solid game. I think 13, 14 point projection. I think that's right around where he should be. But, you know, as a wide receiver one, you kind of want the 20 ish kind of, you know, the that kind of consistency. So there are some matchups on here that I don't know what I'm getting out of Dalton Schultz. He's another one where I'm just hoping that he has some success like he did last year. He might be one of the top targets for a new rookie quarterback. Um, and that kind of remains to be seen, but we'll see. There's yeah. Week one, you never know. I will say this. I don't think I'm going to play the Patriots defense against Philly. I like the Patriots defense and we didn't touch on this, uh, when we broke down teams, but I chose Patriots over the Philadelphia Eagles defense. And I'm wishing I didn't because I forgot about the divisions that they both play in. Um, and it's funny, it's funny that they're playing each other. Hmm. And which team got the Eagles defense? Are were you listening the last 10 seconds? No, I wasn't. Okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I said I wish I would have picked the Eagles because you picked them while I picked the oh. Patriots. Um, okay. So, you know, might want to listen to the, your own podcast there. Yeah, buddy. my bad. Excuse um, me. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm getting out of the Patriots defense, and I probably won't play them. I might drop them and look for someone else. I'm not sure. Um, but I look at a Shane's team. And I think there are some matchups there that, you know, he can take advantage of. You don't know what you're getting out of Delvin Cook, right? But I think Keenan Allen is a really good flex play this week. I think in that new offense, Miami, they have Eli Apple as one of their starting cornerbacks. Cool. If you remember, cool. he struggles against fast, shifty wide receivers. Yep. I think that Keenan Allen is going to feast on Sunday. Um, so mm-hmm. I am worried about as I'm going to the game. Of course, I'm going to be rooting for the Chargers. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm going to go every every uh, first week. Uh, last year wow. was the Chargers Raiders. Shout out uh, Chargers for them winning that mm-hmm. week. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think a Shane's team has better matchups. I actually think the Ravens defense going as a rookie quarterback week one at home. I think that's potential, and we don't really want to get into defenses, but I think that could be ten to fifteen points. Oh yeah, um, I think that's a great that's a great pickup. So yeah, I I I think his projections are correct. I think mine are around there. I think there's potential for me to get more. Of course, that's always when it comes to projections, but I think it's going to be a tough week for me uh, this week with with my team. I my my only saving grace with I think your team is that that Buffalo game. Um, I'm looking at Vegas and the line is two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas is stupid, ridiculous with, with their spreads. Now it's week one. They're just out of the blue as what we are. If I'm here, I'm, I'm projecting a close game. I, I may not be sure about the jets offense as it's a brand new regime in terms of sure. the running back room, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to trust the bills offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to be able to put up points. Um, Looks like the weather is a it's a nice, beautiful seventy seven degrees. There is light rain though, so hopefully, if that doesn't progress into heavy rain, then I'd be a little bit more worried about you. I'm sure. gonna imagine that it's gonna be at a weather that is going to be completely fine and acceptable. Mm-hmm. If I'm trusting the Bills to score, Jets are gonna stay with it, and I think that only is gonna help your case each and every week, um, especially in this matchup. Come back, come later in the year if they're in. If they're playing in Buffalo and it's and it's snowing, that's or all these like road teams that you're going to be playing throughout the year, you're going to be getting these snow games. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is no stranger to playing in the cold. Yeah, uh, but still, obviously, there are there are statistics that back up the sure. offensive efficiency in terms of pass and run game mm-hmm. during certain weather. But I think in this game, I 
I, I, what, if the offense isn't there, I still see, I still see Aaron Rodgers and the Garrett Wilson connection going to hit. Jake, I'm going to take you week one. I'm going to start off. Oh, no. Nice and good this year. If you remember last year, and if you're listening to this, you remember last year, every team that Blake picked for like, felt like for like the entire season, but I know there was a stretch, especially for Steph's team. Every time you picked, you know, games, just terrible. So we're starting this year off on the wrong foot. So I'm not looking forward to getting a loss because you picked my team. Okay, well, so, and I this is me not listening. Did you pick a Shane's team to win? I, I did not pick a team yet. Um, oh. uh, oh, this is tough because Shane has multiple guys playing on Sunday night and multiple guys playing on Monday night. And I hate going up against players that have that. I'm rather just know going into those late night games so I can you know see if my team can catch up or not. But I have a majority of my guys playing. So I am going to say that a Shane's team wins. Um, I do feel like Justin Fields is could be the kind of the catalyst to Shane's team. And I don't I think Green Bay has a as a as a good defense, but they're also on the road. And I think Justin Fields against Green Bay, if I remember correctly, has had pretty good games against them. And so I'm I'm expecting him to get a rushing touchdown or two and maybe run for 40, 50 yards. And I think that will be the difference. All right, let's move on to the next matchup that I want to talk about. I don't know why I want to talk about it so much, but we were talking about it in the last episode about how, the consistency of Team Mercier. She's going to start the season brand new with her <laughs> with her Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. against Team Fitch, um, 104-108. Fitch has the lead. Really with Sam's team this year is what do the metrics say about Cincinnati and whoever they're playing against? They're going up against Cleveland. Cleveland has a filthy defense, like filthy in terms of the pass rush. And I think this is a sneaky, uh, tough matchup. I don't want to steal your thunder. It's a very tight line, but this is a game where I can see the Browns winning and I can see them um, really do like causing havoc inside, uh, really causing havoc in terms of defense. So I think this is a tough matchup offensively for Cincinnati and my gut is already telling me, and we're looking at the starting lineups. We're looking at the starting lineups. So we never know if these are going to be permanent, but Brandon cooks, I don't know what I'm getting out of Brandon cooks week one. Mm-hmm. If, if there was a little bit more of a permanent uh, or someone that was carrying over from an offense that are, then there's just so many questions mark with Dallas's offense this year is new offensive coordinator. We got Brandon cooks coming into the play. Uh, What's what's Dak's relationship to him? Dak, I don't really. I know CD Lamb is kind of the do everything. He's the intermediate routes. He's the long guy, but I just don't know what Brandon Cooks off, uh, what his role is going to be. He's not going to be that guy that's going to command. He was like every offense that he's been on throughout his career, even though it didn't really materialize that much in Houston. But he's always been the guy, the yeah. main guy, and he's always commanding the targets. He's getting that thousand yards. This is going to be a step back for him mm-hmm. this year, and. He's not a guy that I would like to roll out week one, personally. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, thoughts on that? I, I think the guy that you roll out week one is David Montgomery. Um, yep. I think with not having Chris Jones in the middle of that Kansas City defense as he's holding out, their rush defense will stink tomorrow. Like, hammer the over props on both Montgomery and Gibbs because I think – I understand that it might be a shootout as far as points, but I think if the Lions are able – to get ahead, I think they're going to control the ground. Dan Campbell loves running the ball and just playing smash mouth football. 
So I see David Montgomery getting 15 points tomorrow. I don't see that in Brandon Cooks. I I, I agree with you. You don't know what you're going to get. Do I think he's going to have a good season? Yeah. I just don't know what I'm getting right now. I know that I'm getting out of David Montgomery at least 10 to 15 carries. So yeah. if those get you, you know, 70 yards and perhaps a touchdown right there, you're looking at 13 to 14 points. Um so I would go David Montgomery. I think Brandon Ayuk is also a decent a decent play. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Brandon Cooks is a weird play here, and I yeah I wouldn't play Brandon Cooks in this spot. And that that's my only gripe. Everything else in our lineup, I'm 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 I think set and forget it. This we always talk about it. week one. You play the guys you draft. Sure. If you don't overthink it. Um, personally, I like cheating and just playing projections just to make sure my points are inflated as I go into the <laughs> matchup talks that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into my team. Yeah, really go ahead. quick about your your point about the Cleveland Browns and their defense. So they have a they they do have a good defense, and I was looking at last year's stats with the Bengals and the Browns. The Browns always play the Bengals really good. Um, they might not be a good team over the last couple of seasons, but I know that Cincinnati has struggled against them, and Cleveland has won the majority of those games. Now, I'm looking in Burrow, Mixon, and Higgins. None of them scream like they'd had great games. I think Burrow, I was looking at Burrow's stats. Both of them, he had less than like 18 points. I will say this, though. Denzel Ward, their all-pro corner, is still in concussion protocol, and he's completely unknown if he's going to play on Sunday. That's a huge, huge loss for the bank, uh, for the Browns. That will literally yep. allow their best corner to cover Chase, whoever that might be, and that gives T. Higgins the opportunity to really go off. So I would be a little – I would be looking at that. There's nothing that you can really do, of course, as far as swap out Burrow, Mixon, and Higgins. But um, I agree with you to ex- some extent that I would be – kind of limited in the thinking what they're going to do against the, the Browns. And and one fancy stat I'm going to love on this PFF website that I'm going to be using a lot is the wide receiver cornerback matchups and T Higgins. They have him rated as below average in terms of uh, matchup advantages against what they do, how they, how they do it on split on this front end. So for the whole year we can get it. What it does is it matches up against all potential um, corners or safeties that, that he will be playing against on the defense that they're playing against mm-hmm. um, below average in terms of his success against the defense, whatever defense that they typically align in and the one-on-one matchups and the style that those defensive players in what positions that they play in, if they play more drop back or whatever. So that's just some stat I'm going to be throwing out there every now and then who knows if this, this stuff actually means anything, but <laughs> Low, below average rating, but like you said, there's going to be major injuries coming into it. Right now, I have him as questionable, and um, that's something to definitely we'll look into. Um, Fitch's team, I I said my piece in the last episode about James Cook. This is really going to be a coming out party for him, for me to watch and see what is his role week one. Is this offense going to change any of the dimensions that – has really made it successful just being very Josh Allen focused, throwing the ball, looking there. Right now they're at a 65-35 split in terms of passing and running. So James Cook is on slotted as his number one uh, running back. We've already talked about it. A little uneasy about that, but just filling out the rest of the roster, it literally will come down to every week with James Cook, Miles Sanders, and J.K. Dobbins if he's rolling out J.K. Dobbins in the flex spot evan ingram as tight end he's like one of those tight ends that 
I think there's a lot of hype because of what he was able to do in New York. Now he's over in Jacksonville. Who's a who who was the tight end in Jacksonville last year? Evan Ingram. Do we even know? He was there last year. Oh, he was there last year. So yeah. maybe that's what I'm blanking on. Um He didn't like he had, you know, three to four weeks <laughs> that he actually performed, but the rest yeah. were under ten points. He's not yeah. he's not someone that you can really rely on I, I can't really say much because i'm starting you know dalton schultz and he, he i think they're kind of in the same tier as far as they're you're not really sure what you're getting you're probably getting some weeks where you're getting over 10 maybe four or five weeks out of the season you got to hope that the rest of your team is playing well or you're not getting anything from him you're getting two catches for 17 yards and you just have to roll with it um I, I honestly think the only way Brian consistently like, can win is if Justin Jefferson and Jalen Hurts combine for 70 points. Wow. Uh, and there are going to be some weeks where I do think that happens. I think J- Justin Jefferson some weeks can get you 30 points, and I think Jalen Hurts can get you you know, 30. I wouldn't say 70, maybe 60. But you have to be able to really capitalize on them two being you know, the, the most points in their respective positions for that week. Uh, Chris Olave is great, um, but you know he's someone that that you know ranks 25th last year as a as mm-hmm. a wide receiver, and he played the majority of the year. He only missed two weeks, and he was 25th in wide receivers. So, you know, you got to hope that the players that you picked super high hit every single week because there are certain positions on this team that are, you know, on the lower tier. Yeah, I. This is a tough matchup because I do have questions about Brandon Cooks. I even have bigger questions. I think I'm going to take Sam in this matchup because while I have questions in Brandon Cooks, I I have more questions. Really, really, I have more questions. Not only this week about Brian's team, but I just have questions about his team as a whole in terms of the running back depth. Sure. And um, with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, if he can stay on the field, that's always the biggest issue. If he can stay on the field, he's had very um, – not, not he's kind of like – now, very – this is the poorest version, poor man of like Christian McCaffrey. I feel like J.K. Dobbins under a limited role, limited amount of like touches, he is very efficient. Get him like 10, 12, 15 touches in a game, he can probably pop one off. I've seen big games out of him, but I – I don't know. I personally, it sounds ridiculous and it's probably stats. Don't back this up. James cook should be on the bench. I would put Deontay Johnson or even Deontay Johnson. And this is absolutely ridiculous, but man, maybe throw a flyer at Michael Thomas. I I'm not high on James cook. I don't think he should be in the starting lineup with that. Give me Sam's team week one. Yeah. I'm going to take, Oh man, Ah, this is tough. You know what? After I trashed Brian's team, um, I th- I will say this. I think this is the lowest scoring matchup we'll have this week. Um, I think both teams have kind of tough matchups. I think with the Cleveland, what we touched on on Sam's team, I think Tampa Bay has a good run defense. I'm not sold on their passing, which that uh, you know that is good for Brian as he has Justin Jefferson. But I really don't like any of the matchups for Sam because I do think that the Jets have an, a really good improved defense and, and i'm not saying that stefan Diggs is going to get shut down but i think it's going to limit him a little bit um and then if you look at brian's team like the patriots have a good defense um which will limit jalen hurts a little bit 
The best one I think is honestly Miles Sanders against Atlanta because I don't think Atlanta is going to be good this year, and I think their defense is going to be the main reason why. But J.K. Dobbins plays a, a de- Houston defense is going to be much improved because of their new head coach, the 49ers, and I'm you're probably glad that that defensive coordinator is getting out of San Francisco and D'Amico yep. Ryan's who's going to want to bring smash mouth defense. And so I think JK is going to have a good week, but I don't think he's going to have one of those weeks where you're like, Oh, he's playing Houston. Like he's going for 25 points. Um, yeah. So I, I think with Brian's matchups with against Tampa Bay, Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave against Tennessee, I think he's going to get good points there. I think Miles Sanders will have a good week. I'm not going to shit on or, you know, talk smack on him for the entire season. Sure. But this week, I think he actually has a good week. I do think Brian gets a win this week. I'm going to take Brian's team. But going forward after this week, I'm not so sure. All right, let's move on to Hot Chub Time Machine. Just not my forte. Got Phillips versus Phil. Projection-wise, I'm gonna I'm gonna spitball here. Eh, they're all relatively close, but uh, one of the one of the higher ones, but also being close, 112, 110 in favor of Phil. Mm-hmm. Question: We already have a huge I, question I, mark on this game. Yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey, are you playing? Can you uh, can you let us know? Um, in terms of PFF, in terms of tight end matchups, there's no bigger discrepancy in terms of a player and a linebacker matchup than Travis Kelsey. Um, what they do is they do uh, advantages. Usually, a lot of the averages are anywhere from like 28. So Dawson Knox, for example, has a 28 percent advantage over uh, Quincy Williams of the the Jets, a linebacker. Travis Kelsey is a 66 percent which obviously that plays in just Travis Kelsey head and shoulders in terms of offensive grading is just way ahead of everyone. But if he can get on the field, just like anytime Travis Kelsey can be on the field, that is a huge major mismatch that this team could, could take advantage. And the obvious reason why he was drafted at fifth overall, Mm -hmm. you you need to have your top guys uh, out there to play. If, Without going into too much of analysis here, Travis Kelsey's playing, taking hot tub time machine. No, no doubt about it. What yeah. do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's it's hard because you're running that risk that if he is playing, is he on limited snaps? You don't want it's the first week of the season, right? You don't want to have someone go out there if there's the potential of him getting even more hurt. You're not going to play him, but you never know with football and like the egos that these players have, and they want to show that they can play and that they're okay. And I don't know. I don't know if, if Travis Kelsey says that he's good. Would you start him if he's playing 60 to 70% of the snaps? I I think you do. I think, I think based off of who you have right on the bench and he doesn't have yeah. someone that you can really trust. Cause I even saw a tweet today that Greg Dolchich is the number two tight end on their depth chart. So really? Yeah. So wow. I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Um, but to look at some of the other players on on uh, Phillips's team, you know, we talked about you know starting certain players. So Cam Makers against the improved Seattle defense. I think that defense is yeah. going to be much better this year. DK against the Rams. I think I think that's a great matchup. Um, I think Calvin Ridley against the Colts. I think that's a great matchup. And then you start getting into well, you get into Cam Makers, you get into Brian Robinson, and you wonder well, you picked DeAndre Hopkins sixth, but you're not going to play him. Uh, you know, you, you you have Raheem Mostert against the Chargers defense that's known to give up big runs and give up a lot of rushing yards. Now they, you know, added some pieces, so you'd think they'd get better, but who knows? And they don't have really, I mean, they have the rookie, uh, uh, 
a chain or something like that or the dolphins. Um, But most are for the most part is going to get a lot of the carries. So I don't know. I I think there are some players on here that you could perhaps play over a Brian Robinson um, or maybe even you drop a put up a Brian Robinson over Cam Akers and then you put somebody else in that flex spot. I don't think you take out Cam Akers. I don't think you take out Ryan Robinson here either. You think positive game script. They're going to be going up against Arizona that literally will start their tank job starting this Sunday. Sure. That Brian Robinson, while stats have shown that he's really not the most efficient running back in terms of like yards per carry and uh, like yards after contact, he did show last year that they can give him the ball 30 times a game and he's going to turn out he's going to turn out close to like 90, 90 yards, hundred yards, not efficient, but they'll give him the rock and they'll definitely also on pass downs, they'll be giving it to um, blanking on the names. They have a two. Yeah. Gibson. I think you're fine with Brian Robin just in terms of volume alone. Now going forward after this week, if it is a game that they're behind, I don't want to do with anything with Brian Robinson. Um, but I think volume and chance of falling in really Really, at this point, unless you went heavy, unless you didn't go heavy on positional players, I firmly believe your flex spot should just be a guy that is most likely to score a touchdown. I I definitely think Brian Robinson has a potential of falling in for um, a touchdown in this matchup. Also, Brian Robinson, we all know the story of last year with his with the with the shooting. He came into the season a little bit later. He started off first game he was kind of like wildfire but still we got a full off season with him mm-hmm. i definitely i definitely see the merit in him in this matchup I, i'm worried about other matchups but i think you are going to start him you're going to go with him i agree with you 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 want you draft the guy for a reason and if you're drafting him in the spot for him to be your flex why are you not playing him i i get it and i do i do have some trepidation i guess with I just don't know how that that Tennessee game is. I'm obviously absolute homer for Saints this year. I think they're going to be they're going to rule that division. They're going to be winning games, but I don't know how they're going to be winning games. Their their offense looks better. They have I, I like the offensive piece. I like a lot of it. I don't think they're going to steamroll that game. Where I don't think it's going to be playing catch up. Where DeAndre may be getting some garbage time. I think it's going to be close. They obviously have Derrick Henry. They're going to run him to the ground. That's my biggest worry for DeAndre Hopkins is that he's going from a team that essentially has flipped from a 60-40 pass to a 40-60 mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. So while DeAndre Hopkins, even though he drafted him in a spot to be his flex, me personally, I'm not as high on his I'm, – I'm high on his involvement. involvement. I'm not high on his opportunity that he's going to be it. So I am completely fine him being on the bench in this matchup going – value with brian robinson in the game script that's going to be in that washington game all right let's go to phil's team uh phil has jameer gibbs playing tomorrow night as uh, as well as amon ross a brown Uh, and in his flex spot he has jarek mckinnon currently um, that's flex now he has the ultimate handcuffs all around um I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with the Jerk McKinnon start because although Jerk McKinnon had a really good end to last year as he like won several, I mean, I'm sure he won a lot of people, a lot of fantasy leagues last year with his performances kind of out of nowhere. I do think there are some guys on this, on his bench that are going to get, you know, first crack at starting. 
um, their weeks as far as a Javante Williams, as far as a Khalil Herbert, as far as even a Deion Jackson? I, Jarek McKinnon definitely is going to get some play on Thursday in the pass game, right? Mm-hmm. We agree on that. Sure. I, 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 like I just mentioned, it's going to be touchdown dependent for him. And I think that's where the source of his points is going to be. He's going to catch probably my guess, five balls, five or six balls. I think it also depends on if Kelsey plays or not too. Yeah. Um, can I interest you in something crazy here? Let's hear it. Can Juwan Johnson play in that tight end in that flex spot? No, not a chance. He can't. Nope. He, he not a chance. Never go double um, tight end unless you have. You never go double tight end. Unless so, you have top two tight ends. We got Juwan Johnson. I like up Juwan against. Johnson this year. I'm going to say that he was a sleeper of mine throughout this season. I think he has a good season. I don't think you play week one. The only reason why Phil picked up Juwan Johnson is because Mark Andrews is extremely questionable well, for Sunday. <laughs> So, how like Jarek McKinnon? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that not be the guy you're going for, but like I'm seeing, I don't see him running the ball. Maybe at all, maybe at all. Honestly, I think Pacheco's going to run the ball, uh, right? Yeah, no, I, I think Jarek can get you. I mean, this is I, yeah. If you mean we're not running the ball in the sense of like he's still going to get four to five carries, that's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, he's going to get four to five carries. I'm going to say at most, let's say three yards average. He gets 12 yards. It's nothing. It's a point in 1.2. I, I honestly think Juwan Johnson's going to catch more balls than Jarek McKinnon. And if I'm betting on a touchdown, I'm taking Juwan Johnson no in shot. this matchup. Yes. No shot. Do you know how many? This? I, uh, you probably don't. I just did it right now. Jarek McKinnon had nine touchdowns in the last six weeks of the season last year. How many touchdowns did he have? How many games did he have multiple touchdowns in one game? Uh, like four out of those six. Okay. So, get, I mean, but that's, but that's the thing is that he had nine touchdowns in six weeks. So the guy is someone in the red zone that is probably their second highest red zone threat. If you think about it, it's Travis Kelsey and then it's Jarek McKinnon because their mm-hmm. wide receivers are pretty. Like there's not anyone that's really standing out in their wide receiver room. Yeah, but in that red zone though, every wide receiver is like Sky Moore and a and a and like. They, I feel like but this I, team you can't not trust them anymore. in the red zone. Sure, but this team isn't one anymore to just throw it deep. This is not the the Chiefs of old. This is the Chiefs team that chips and chips and chips. And Jarrett McKinnon mm-hmm. was a huge, huge part of that last year, where he was getting swing passes. I remember watching that Broncos game. Uh, where he caught seven catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. This guy just was wide open because no one really thinks, and maybe defenses will play differently now, knowing that Jarek McKinnon is there. But if I'm going touchdown base, I'm taking Jarek McKinnon. And I know that's what you want in your flex because that's you know what you just said prior. If I want perhaps more yards and more production that way and hope a touchdown happens, then I would do Juwan Johnson. But... I think for touchdown purposes, I do think Jarek McKinnon, between those two, Jarek McKinnon is the guy that I would go with. Juwan Johnson outscores Jarek McKinnon this week. Book it. Um, so who are you taking between these two? I'm going to take... Hmm. Let's say Travis Kelsey does play tomorrow night. Then I'm taking Hot Chub Time Machine. I'm going to be taking Phil's team either way. I think Phil starts off the season 1-0, I think Trevor Lawrence has a good matchup against the Colts in a dome. I think, you know, the Colts, I do think 
their their defense is okay. It's nothing crazy, but I think it's okay, especially at home. But um, I like Jamar Chase. I like Amon Ra in in some high scoring games. I will say, yeah, we're not sure with Mark Andrews. It, you know, and maybe perhaps he'll be able to play both Jerick McKinnon and Juwan Johnson if Mark Andrews is out. Uh, the commander's defense against Arizona, I think you're looking at 15 points right there with Josh Dobbs starting. Uh, you know, a little spoiler alert, maybe that might be a, 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 our Survivor League pick of the week. But um, I will, I'll take Phil here uh, to beat Phillips to start the season. I don't, have we, I, have, have we disagreed with every yes, match so yeah. far? I like it. All right, let's go to the next one. We got matchup number four, the champ, the notorious going up against House Targaryen. Notorious has a little four point lead. Um, we're looking at matchup. We talked about Josh Allen, Rashad White. That I feel like we didn't really discuss Rashad White that much in the um, in the draft analysis, but Rashad White obviously Trey's keeping the trend with his Tampa Bay Bucks um, picks. He's got to have one on his team. And then with with Steph, Patrick Mahomes, we just talked about that last matchup, Austin Eckler, Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, gut feeling here. Um, I think this is another ugly matchup. It is. It really <laughs> is. I'm not I, trying to shit on anyone's team because I know my team's not the best at this moment. But boy, oh boy, there are some people on here where I'm like, I can see this player getting just being a dud, like an absolute okay, wait. dud. So – Whatever the extent of George Kittle's injury, you said no double tight end. You wouldn't go double tight end here for Notorious? Knockout either um, Pacheco? I would probably go Tyler Lockett over Pacheco. Um, I think Ugh, Tyler Lockett I, is one ooh. of the most... Tyler Lockett absolutely cooks yeah, the Rams. He cooks the Rams. And they have one of, the, if not the worst secondary in football. They're all young dudes. Yeah. So, you know, last year against the Rams, 23 points. And also, yep. whereas the other game last week of the season, he had 13. But he scored touchdowns in each of them. So, yep. I, I would probably put Tyler Lockett in that flex play. I get wanting to put Pacheco in there because it's the first game of the season. And you're excited to put someone in there and watch them play. but you know, if Andy Reid and running backs, is Clyde Edwards Hilaire still there? He is still there. I just and not saying that he's he's gonna take over Pacheco's spot, but like it's just weird with them. Like it like Jared McKinnon is used a lot, Pacheco is used a lot because Pacheco runs really hard and I think he's a good running back. But like, I don't know. I think Tyler Lockett out of any of them has the most consistent points. And I do think that he, there's a possibility that the touchdown is scored by Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I just scar tissue. I just know Tyler Lockett, they've always struggled safety um, mm-hmm. because even when they were top of their, their crown, they've they've always been a defense that was predicated on strong corners and safeties has always been a roulette. Sure. And anytime Tyler Lockett can get over the top on the Rams, it's anytime they have to pan the screen because they're throwing a ball, you know, it's Tyler Lockett, you know, it's going to be a touchdown, especially against this team that quite frankly, they're just going to be bad this year. They're going to be teams that you're going to want to target. You're going to want to target your wide receivers mm-hmm. um, against Tyler Lockett. We talk, we talk in the, all the time. If we're looking for a boom play, you're taking boom play in this matchup because with Isaiah Pacheco and the question marks with that running back team, with that running back core, um, Jarek McKinnon is going to be on the field a lot more, not only in the aspect of um, serving as the running back, but he's going to be serving as the wide receiver yeah. in, in, in the backfield. So 
that is going and that's going to make up for for a lot of catches in the middle of the field where Travis Kelsey normally is roaming around if he is not playing or even if he is playing and he's limited. That's definitely going to be a role that's going to um that's going to muddy up the potential production of Isaiah Pacheco and I love I love Pacheco. I think he brings such a of um I feel like he brings a dimension of the offense that us um couch general managers would want to employ for um the chiefs or like teams like chiefs they would like you don't need Patrick Mahomes running the ball and you don't you don't want him running you don't want him getting hurt like you would you would think like oh let's protect the guy let's get a good run game like run the ball like they and it seems like when Pacheco he's very electric like we've we've seen spurts of it last season where um, and we remember that Chargers game last season mm-hmm. where sometimes when that guy catches fire, he he has a kind of juice about him that's something special. But I think with going into this first week, um, I was looking up a stat like Mahomes, like passing yards and touchdowns is something like guy averages like guy clears two and a half touchdowns like in all of his week one starts. Yeah, he's and he comes out hot. This is what I'm worried about Pacheco is that, yeah, he runs well, but he rarely gets the touchdown chances. No. Like he is very much someone. He had four touchdowns last year and they all came after week 12 when he started to be really the running back. But even like you said, in that Charger game, he ran an average of seven yards per carry. He had 15 carries for 107 yards, but no touchdowns. So, you know, there are times where he averages a lot, which is great, but this is a touchdown league where you need to score touchdowns in fantasy. So, yeah, he is someone that I agree is a good running back, and I think he's talented, and maybe things change this year. Probably not. You have the best quarterback in football on your team. You might as well keep the ball in his hands, do those little dump-off like passes that he just shoves right in front of a motion tight end or yeah. you know even a Jerick McKinnon, something like that, and he's going to vulture um, an Isaiah mm-hmm. Pacheco um, touchdown. So um, let's go over to Steph's team. Uh, Steph. I hate Steph's wide receivers, her flex. Well, this is this end. is the thing, right? This is with drafting Cooper Cup. Is that Cooper Cup is the one that's supposed to be the number one? And going in, you knew that he was going to be out for at least one week. But hamstrings are tricky, and you can't. I would never trust. I don't even care where Cooper Cup, unless it was like the seventh or eighth round. I would have not drafted him even in the third round. He is not someone that I think. Because he can he can come back, and this has happened to Keenan Allen last year. Keenan got hurt in the first week or the second week of the season, was out for four to five weeks, came back for one week, got hurt, out for in the next three. So mm-hmm. you never know with uh, with hamstrings, and this wide receiver core on this team is rough. Um, DJ Moore, I like DJ Moore. I think he's a talented football player. I have no idea what I'm getting with him as a wide receiver, especially a wide receiver one. Um, cause Justin Fields is throwing the ball to them. We talked about how preseason, you know, could definitely skew our views. They looked great in preseason. He had multiple times where he caught the ball and then ran it for 60 yards and a touchdown. So we don't yeah. know. Maybe he does have that and maybe he carries that over to the regular season. Christian Kirk, he's going to take a step back this year. You would assume with the addition of, um, Calvin Ridley, and he is not going to be that number one wide receiver anymore. And those are the two ones you have. Now we talked about Jahan Dotson. This is perhaps a place where you put Jahan Dotson over DJ or over Christian Kirk. Um, would I put him over Damian Pierce? I don't think I would yeah, because I it's, I would it's 
it's the reverse it's the reverse game plan i if i'm if i'm if i'm playing a Jahan dotson in this game which i mean the line is not that crazy i mean considering uh, how bad arizona is going to be but i can't imagine the um, houston baltimore line being that much better no i i think they're both they're, they're both probably under right 10. around the same they're like both set. I think they're well, both seven and a half point, uh, point totals. Um, no, okay. Well, I'm still talking about spread. Yeah. I'm not expecting Arizona to score, so it's still tight enough. Where sure. Um, so my only fear, my only fear with Jahan Dotson is that if if Arizona's not going to score and Washington scores three out of the four drives, sure, five drives, or whatever, Jahan Dotson is one of them. He he has to get one of them. Yep. So. I um I don't think Washington's going to be be a team that's going to be I feel like Washington's going to be maybe kind of a frustrating uh fantasy team this year. They got good guys on their I feel team. Like they've been a I frustrating team for years. I just don't think they're going to get blown out as much. Sure. I don't they're they're not one of those teams that are, are every they're going to probably in a world be the not as crazy as they were last year, but like the Falcons last year. Like Falcons last year coaching that guy lives and die. Uh, he lives and die by the run game. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the underlying stats, they lost so many close games last year. They're yeah. always in it, it and they always Falcons. relied on. Yep. They always relied on their game plan. Mm-hmm. So normally, if you're a team like you're looking at the Lions last year, Lions obviously came had a crazy comeback and made a push at the end of the year. But at the start of the year, fantasy darlings, team that stunk at defense, great yeah. offense. They just threw. you can always plug in your guys, and they just threw the ball. Yep. That I don't think that's the case with Washington. They got a good no, defense, and they don't have the weapons—the same weapons that Detroit had. Um, yeah, and same kind of you know offense to really go around. I agree with you. I think Washington is definitely one where I think there's potential to be a good offense. I just don't see it. Um, I, I think it is. I think you're right. I think it's be frustrating. I can you know what I, I think a team that I kind of compare them to is like, and I know Jonathan Taylor is better than the running backs, like the Colts. Like watching the Colts the last couple of years, it was extremely excruciating to watch because you were just like yeah. either Jonathan Taylor gets the ball or they're not completing passes or they're very mm-hmm. small, short, intermediate routes. I do think Sam Howell has a potential to be a good quarterback. I'm not sure if he's going to be because you only saw like a little bit of it last year and yeah. everyone is now like thinking that he's going to be this great quarterback. I would pump the brakes on that. Um but yeah, I agree with. I don't think you put him in a flex spot because you know that Damian Pierce is going to get the ball twenty times. Um, I just don't. I don't think with her team, I just there's no one. There's it. It stinks. There's not that much discussion you can really have. Her starting lineup is what she has out there. Really, mm-hmm. what it comes down to. You can maybe poke and prod and and maybe start the discussions on on maybe an Odell. Maybe if you absolutely yeah, you just, love Quentin Johnson and you want to roll the dice. But honestly, her starting lineup that's the best you could do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's just so many question marks and Christian Kirk and DJ Moore. They're both guys that could have big weeks. Problem that Steph had last year, Christian Kirk specifically. And did she have, no, I don't think she had DJ Moore last year, but Christian no, Kirk, really shame oh, had DJ Moore. yeah, Christian Kirk, a hundred percent. Stephanie always missed the Christian Kirk game. Yeah. That's, that's where you're going to roll with. You just you can't, can't have that. You also can't fall in love with the college that, you know, players went to as well. Yeah. You never know what you're going to yeah. get out of those, especially when, you know, Texas A&M is still reeling from that UCLA loss from years ago. We'll let that one sit. Um, yeah, I'm taking notorious. Yeah, so am I. Um, I 
until Cooper Cup comes back, I don't think it's going to be really hard for Steph to find weeks to win. Um, and this is this is the only way Steph can win is if Patrick Mahomes drops like thirty points tomorrow night, which is which extremely that, I mean, it can be extremely doable. Like that could easily happen. But if that happens, then if that doesn't happen, good luck trying to find a player that really goes off this week. Yeah, especially when you're looking across the other side and see Josh Allen too, mm-hmm. who's just as likely to put up those same points. So we're both taking notorious. Let's go to the matchup of the week, Jake. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got Rum Runners Ronnie B first in the cat. Hashtag claws up. It's a close one, 112-111. Let's start with Nick's team. Deshaun Watson is on his team. I think I'm gonna win. <laughs> Just going right into it. Um now nah, let's let's, but talk, seriously. Yeah, let's go look at the Knicks team. I like Nick's team. I think there are, are some really, really tough matchups, like extremely hard matchups this week. Devontae Adams is a beast, but at Denver against Patrick Sertain, who I don't know if you remember last year, I literally, whenever I talked about the Denver defense, I love Patrick Sertain. I think he's the best young corner in the league. Now, Devontae has had success against Denver. If I remember correctly, last year, Devontae just showed out against Denver in both games, had 30 points at Denver last year, and he had 15 points, had over 100 yards against them at home. But this is a brand new quarterback. This is someone that perhaps he might not you know, have established that chemistry. He knew Derek Carr last year from Fresno State. This is a brand new person that he's thrown the ball or getting the ball thrown to. Mm-hmm. Um Devontae Smith against New England. New England has very good corners. Kyle Pitts, if he gets eight points, that might be the highest points that he's had in a full season. Uh, I He probably sneaks in a touchdown every now and then. I think but. he might have only had one last year. Um, but Debo against Pittsburgh. Like, I, I think... He did not have a touchdown last no, year. No, he had two. Oh, no, he had one. He had two. He had two. He had two. Um, okay. But one of them had 19 yards and a touchdown for only nine points. <laughs> and the other one was the best week he had, which was 16 points. So, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, everyone. I like Deshaun against Cincy. I think there is, you know, potential for that being a little bit higher scoring, but I think it's going to be a tight game. So that's really going to come down to if Deshaun takes advantage of maybe perhaps a rushing touchdown. I like Tony Pollard and I like Travis Etienne, but after that, there are a lot of question marks with those matchups specifically. I... um. I I keep thinking, I think that ETN matchup against Indianapolis is a good matchup, but I'm scrolling through projective uh, rankings on on matchups. I don't see it on there. I just, I feel like anything within division is always tough. Sure. I don't care how bad the Colts are. Mm-hmm. There's, 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 there's that division, which is the, that's, I'm still not the greatest. That's AFC South. Correct. Correct. You. So AFC South. And then the AFC East, for that's Browns. AFC North. North, damn it. It's, it's right. on the East Coast. Right. You got half but anyways, it right. It's better than last year. But new anyways, year, new year. I don't care. New, yeah. I don't care. I don't care how the teams are set up. I don't care who's on the team. No matter what, it's a tight game. Like, they play each other tough. Um, ETN, I feel like his wild card. I feel like Tony Pollard's going to take advantage of that that New York matchup. I was looking on uh, defensive ratings. It's a plus matchup that they're giving for Tony Pollard. You got to watch out for that. You got to watch out for Deuce Vaughn. But anyways, um, I, I like Nick's lineup. I, and I, we, we, my, my interpretation of his team at the draft, we looked at like, okay, Justin Tucker, and this is what Justin Tucker wrote. Like 
and I don't know why I'm going all in on a kicker here, but like he drafted Justin Tucker so early, but like looking at this complete team, I like the matchup saints against, uh, against Tennessee. I, it's just stopped Derrick Henry. I will say though, the saints last year, they didn't have, they didn't have any, they didn't have any guy on the defensive line, um, get near like 30 pressures, which is like unheard of for a defensive line that not no, one player, it's even cam Jordan. So they are going to struggle with getting the pressure. I think the, I think offensively, uh, I think, I think that the saints, I think the saints will be able to affect and get points through defense through the air. Mm-hmm. I'm going on a tangent here. I'm stopping. I don't even know where I'm going with that point. I will say this. I, I like Nick's team. I don't think the Titans have a good offensive line. They have they've they lost some guys and they just they didn't really get anyone. I do think the Saints will have a better time getting and rushing Tannehill, but I can see Derrick Henry doing a good job. But remember the Saints have that crazy stat where they did not allow a hundred yard rusher. That was broken last yeah. year. Um, so maybe that's the point I was trying to make. They are a team that are not going to go rush the quarterback. They're going to like how the Rams adjusted. The remember last, yeah. like Rams adjusting last year when they when they got absolutely hosed by the Niners that first week. Their their pass rush was getting in there, but they were able to just run left to right, east to west. Mm-hmm. And then the next match that they're like, dude, screw this. We're not going to. We're not trying to pressure Jimmy G. We're just going to sit in front of sit on the line. We're going to muddy it up. And just hope that someone can shoestring tackle um, Derrick Henry. Yeah, and then and I mean the and the Titans' defense isn't um, east to west. It does not go like side to side. They are up the middle. They are you know going to try to just grind it out. Hope that Derrick Henry can break a, a long one. Um, yeah. But let's go to your team um, before we do our predictions for our matchup of the week. I think you your three picks that you had this might be the hardest week they have all year with the defenses that they have to go up against. Um, Saquon up against Dallas. Dallas. You have Najee up against San Francisco. And Derrick Henry, we just talked about it, against the New Orleans Saints. So I think those are three tough, tough um, opponents that they have to go up against. Of course, they're going to be used um, a lot because they are RB1s in their respective teams. But those are the three that you're banking on the most. The one person that I think is going to have a great week is Lamar Jackson. I do think he has a good week against the traveling Houston Texans defense. Like I said, I think the Texans defense is going to improve. But it's hard for me to think that um, Houston is going to be able to match that athleticism. They do have some younger guys. They drafted uh, Will Anderson um, to be mm-hmm. that edge rusher. But Lamar is Lamar, and I, and I think the Ravens will, will take that game. Um, there might be a chance that the Ravens do go up. And they try to run the ball out. They try to, you know, just get the game over with. Was just running the ball out. Who knows? But this is this is an interesting one. I do not like Tyler Higby. I think he is someone that kind of everyone. What? I think everyone tries to fall in love with. As far as uh, a tight end, I don't think he's. I I don't know what's so special about him. Um, I. What do you mean? Like with with. We look at just some of his target share last year. I don't. I don't I mean, care about target share. I care about production. And he had less. He had seven weeks while he played with less than three points. I don't care. I no Cooper Cup. This is gonna be a game that they're he, falling behind. But Cooper Cup didn't play after what week five last year. He was out the entire season. So you're looking at someone that you know. Tyler Higby had one great game last year, 25.9 points against Denver. Had a great game. Okay, but then he also had for a, a tight end that I 
that was like one of my last picks in the draft started off first five weeks 11 targets nine targets four 14 10 six points 10 points eight points 12 points eight points what else do i want from a title that's with cooper i don't cup. need a game so break. maybe you know they're focusing more on cooper cup and less on tyler higby this also is a rams offensive line that is going to get demolished every single week and sure you might get some little dump offs here and there with tyler higby i just i don't see him being a productive tight end whatsoever um last tyler higby outscores kyle pitts well, okay. that, well, that's not really say, saying much. I don't. Those, I, I mean, think those are the two, two, you know, lower tier I'm, tight I'm playing ends. The game, a, I'm playing the game where I'm, I'm looking across the aisle and I'm, I'm, I'm rating my guys. Does, does Tyler Higby outscore David and Joku? Oh, you know the answer to that, Jake. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think nine point four is extremely high for a projection. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think both of you have pretty tough matchups. Um, mm-hmm. I lean with Nick on the matchups, but I like your team overall more. I think there's more boost, like boom potential with touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so I am I'm going to take your team only because I do think that one of those running backs, although they might not get the actual production as far as yards, I do think that they could get touchdowns. I'm also going to take my team because. I I think I have kind of like and that doesn't win matchups. I get it. Um, I like my team. I do I do love the Eagles. This Eagles matchup against New England. I, oddly enough, I still honestly think New England may have a shot in this game to win. I think it's gonna be really tight. I think I think it's gonna be a defensive battle. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Philly's gonna get there. Philly's gonna get there on the pass rush. Um, I think it's just going to be a crap game, but I think I'm going to get some good points there. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Um, they cut uh, Saints cut Will Lutz. Lutz, oh, I believe yeah. that was the. You're going to throw this in. You're going to throw Blake Rupke into your commentary on your team. I, I'm taking. I'm taking a young kicker over Justin. That Tucker. is. I'm taking a young kicker that's going to be kicking in a bowl. Not only this week, but kicking in more dome than any kicker in football this year. I just want to get that out there. There's going to be no other time I'm going to make that point. But uh, I'm also going to take my team. I hate doing it because I know my track record, but everything's full circle. I have Lamar Jackson. He is Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I don't have Deshaun Watson. I'm going to win. Now I don't know if it's Creed. It's definitely not Nickelback, but it's what's the band that does the song? It's been a while. Ooh, Is that Creed? No, that's like like Stained, I think, or something like that. Well, Jake, it has been a while. It has. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> Can't describe what's going on with my body right now as I hear that music. This is a family-friendly podcast, but it's good to be back. Baki's bets week one had a winning season last year. I believe we were around 55 to 56%, which is pretty dang good for betting. And we hope to reach it again this year. We have a couple of Baki's bet picks that are going to be division based. First one Panthers at the Falcons. I have been betting probably football for the last decade. Or so, I know one thing. 
When the Atlanta Falcons are favored by more than a field goal, you have to take the other side. Panthers plus three and a half. I get it. Brand new coach, brand new quarterback, but division, I think this is going to be close. Panthers plus three and a half. Take it. Bryce Young, one of the top picks for a reason. We'll see what you got this Sunday. Number two, Bengals at the Browns. Now, I'm not taking a side here. And this over-under smells. This might be the stinky play of the week. I do not understand why this over-under is at 48 and a half points. Joe Burrow kind of nicked up as far as preseason goes. Hasn't really practiced and played too much. Could be a slow start for the Bengals and the Browns. And on the flip side, the Browns, we saw kind of how much of a disaster they were on offense as far as besides Nick Chubb. The Bengals have a decent defense. Could this be a shootout? Very much well could be. But I don't see it happening. So let me take the under on 48 and a half points. Bengals, Browns, Sunday morning. My third pick. Now you might call me a homer, but I've been waiting to make this pick since I saw what the line is. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. Now, As I am talking, I am going to be looking up the players that missed last year's game. The Chargers last year, if you remember correctly, were huge underdogs against the Dolphins. They were missing Joey Bosa. They were missing Rashawn Slater. They were missing a bunch of other dudes that are all playing this week. Now, on the flip side of that, the Miami Dolphins, a talented team. I'm going to give them that. They have weapons, but they're most likely not going to be playing their left tackle, Teron Armstead. So Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa should be eating up that terrible Miami uh, Dolphins O-line. Jalen Ramsey, out for a few months. I can see the Chargers getting ahead, the Dolphins coming back, but the Chargers pushing ahead even more and winning that game. I'm going to buy it down. It's at three right now because it did go up from two and a half to three over the last couple of days. Buying it back down to minus two and a half. Take the Chargers minus two and a half. Baki's bets. We have a different name for my section. This is the Miller Time Dog of the Week. I got to find a dog noise on here, but... My pick for my underdog, and I, I mentioned it a little bit, I'm rolling with the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah. Patriots are uh, getting four points against the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like now, gut analysis here, there's a lot going on with the Eagles. Um, not much has really changed with the team. They did bring in a whole running back like ensemble now to help supplement whatever offense they're, they're looking to take off of Jalen Hurts' hand. Something about this game, something about this line just speaks to me. Looking at the money coming in on this, I don't know what the analysis here. I don't know. But <laughs> out of cash, out of bets that have been placed on this game, 69% of the money that is in place are on the Patriots. While the tickets are a flip, more bets are being taken for the Eagles. So my thought is the whales are coming in on the Patriots. And also I believe what I've read is that the Patriots are going to be celebrating and doing a ring of honor, some sort of thing for Tom Brady on this game. Mm. So he finally retired any, 
He did, but mm. as soon as Jimmy G goes out, yep. you know, there you go. Um, be part owner, part, uh, part quarterback. This Patriots team, if you remember last year, they weren't that bad. They're actually a pretty good team. They held into it. There was plenty of hiccups with offensively. I know they invested more in getting offensive pieces in there. Mac Jones. I think is going to be taking a, a big step. It's a tough division they're going to be playing in. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. Um, enough that that four points, I think, will be. Um, I think it'd be. I think you definitely take the points in this matchup. But I like it enough looking at the landscape to take that money line and hope that they do it for Tom. They're at plus one sixty. So, Blake, yeah. tell tell yep. the tell the crowd what that means. They're at plus 160. So for every $100 that you put down, if you win your bet, you will re- re- given you will get back your $100 you put down. And then whoever you're betting with, bet responsibly, they will give you an extra $160. So just throw a little hondo on that for me. All right. If you're still with us, this is this is separate from the pod, separate from the fantasy, um, fantasy football in our league. This is our survivor pool. Now, if you remember last year, oh yeah, Jake and I. Um, I don't even remember this, what a survivor league is. To be honest, I know it's it's been almost like two years since we've like yeah. actively the last, participated. The last in one. loss that I remember was Mike White. Mike, oh, Mike White, I remember that. Well, to catch you up, Survivor League, what Jake and I are going to do is every week we need to pick one team, and that one team needs to win their matchup. Mm -hmm. If they win that matchup, we go on to week two, Mm -hmm. and we do the same thing over again. But the team that we picked the week previous, we are never allowed to use them again until we're eliminated. Correct. Once you use a team, you can't use them the rest of the season. So last year, Jake, I do remember it. I remember sitting in class – my first, it was like my second week of school and turning on the game. I'm on my iPad and I literally had a like out loud, like yell. It was like a yelp. And it was, it was like one of the first drives and watching the Broncos just absolutely sputter <laughs> once they got in the red zone, not knowing what to do how to hike it yep. just false starts yep. we took not only we did took we the watch rest. them do that the first week in the first series we watched them do that every single every single week of week. the season the worst team that i have watched regarding preparation i have ever seen in my life and it was the russell wilson revenge game him yeah, going that's right back to seattle everyone thought seattle and, and geno smith was gonna be the worst team of, of the league and little did we know we were eliminated. Yeah, they were going to make the playoffs. We we're going to be eliminated week one. But that was last year. Was this is a new year. year. And we're back. We are we back. Are back. This is week one. And we have had conversations off air about what we want to do. We've been thinking about this because we want to make sure we get obviously through week one. Mm-hmm. But I think this, the strategy and the tough part about this is that the decisions that you make in week ones obviously set the course for the strategy that you go through in the year because it's 
you can obviously pick the best team every single week and you're going to get it right or you're going to get matchups. But the fact that the decisions that we make in week one may ultimately screw us come week 10, week 11, week 12, if we get there, sure. makes these decisions super important. Yep. So the, we talked about the odds. We talked about our best bets and stuff. And there are a lot of which I believe are some very tight lines. Mm-hmm. There's some obvious matchups in the first matchup that I would like to throw out for for debate and question is the Ravens versus the Texans. Yeah. I go ahead. No, I was gonna say yeah. I, I, I kind of want to give everyone some background about this first. Blake and I have been arguing about this for a month and a half at this point. Yes. We have differencing of opinions of games. As Blake was saying, every single line this week seems to be around four to to basically a pick'em. Um, yep. And the ones that were kind of, you know, around five points, around six, like we don't want to trust Jacksonville to go on the road. Um, and then mm-hmm. it's hard to trust Kirk Cousins. And I, I think Minnesota is going to beat Tampa Bay, but like I don't want to trust yeah. Kirk Cousins you know, the very yeah. first week. So the, you don't want to lose the first week with, with Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins. just yeah, like sure. we lost the first week betting on Russell Wilson. Cor- correct. Correct. So this has been extremely tough for us to, to think about and to really gauge. And there are two games, Blake alluded to one of them, Texans at the Ravens at minus nine and a half Baltimore. And there's a game Cardinals at the commanders. Uh, Washington is favored by a touchdown at seven. We have been going back and forth on this and the one that I currently like Cardinals commanders, you know, I did put in a big bet for the Cardinals to go under their win total this year. I think they are actively tanking and trying to make sure that they get the number one overall pick and no team that has won four games or sorry, five games have, has won the number one pick. So I think they're a team that is looking for a loss. Now the commanders, we just talked, Blake just said, we're not, are we going to trust Kirk cousins to win us our first week and to get on on the right foot? Well, are we going to trust Sam Howell to win us the first week of this this Survivor League? Um, and then on the flip side with Blake, Blake is wanting Texans Ravens, which can, makes complete sense as well because it's a guaranteed win. At least, oh, see, this I don't is like why I say it that this way. Is, this is why I said it that way. Um, I will say this: I don't know if we are ever picking the Commanders the rest of the season, and I do believe uh-huh. that the Cardinals are a team that. Um, I don't think they have anything to play for already week one. What do they have to play for? Josh Dobbs as their quarterback. You know, they don't have a lot of weapons. If Marquise Brown is not playing, he's questionable. They lost guys on defense. They lost their leader in JJ Watt retired, right? Like there. And it's on the road. Like, give me, give me your rundown for Texans Ravens. Well, my thing with Texas rate, Texas Texans Ravens is, I think while it's hard, it's hard because I don't want to contradict myself. I think the gulf and talent is so much bigger mm-hmm. in Ravens and Texans that is it's just I it's just so much safer. I I while I while Josh Dobbs um and the commanders like that matchup is it's seven points, which is a full touchdown. Obviously, we know that. I don't know why I had to clarify that. But there's something there's something there that I just don't trust. Every week one, something's going to happen. There's, there's going to be a big upset. There's going to be some team that um, 
there's gonna be there's gonna be some team that gets a surprising win. And this narrative that the Cardinals are tanking, the Cardinals are tanking, and I watched that brutal video of their head coach. Uh, yeah, who rode the bu- who rode the bus today? Yeah, uh, who drove? Like, and I will, everything about the yeah. media about that is just brutal, dude. And I will say and, this: I, we watched. Um, I don't know if you remember any of his press conferences, but Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, was yeah. the same thing. And that's this is where Jonathan Gannon came from. Was the Eagles was the same thing when he started? Just this yep. weird dude that just said things just to say things. And you're like, what are you even? talking about right um even dan campbell with the lions like saying things because he wanted to you know really pump up his team i i get it i get it and i will say this i feel like if we did not lose last year in the first week i think we would have gone with the commanders like zero i think we would have already picked the commanders but i think there's this small feeling in the back of our both of our minds that's like Hey, we saw this happen last year. Why don't we take the safer bet and pick a Baltimore Ravens team? I'm looking at I'm looking at the lines in both games and Washington and Cardinals are at 38, which is such a low number. And I don't know. I can see a world where um, I can see a world where I don't see Washington. Like if Washington's going to blow them out in this game, I don't see Washington carrying in the water to get near that, like that point total 38. I think it's going to be a conjoined effort. Like I think this game will either, I think this where I can see this game finishing out, I can see a, a either it soars over in some stupid random shootout, or I see a very, or the game soars under and it's just rookie. You got, you got a rookie quarterback essentially even though he played some games last year, a rookie quarterback essentially mm-hmm. that is starting out, is starting out a brand new all this hype train and and I can just see just some stupid shit going on now. On the flip side, with the Ravens, numbers at forty three and a half. Given the offense, I trust the Ravens' offense a hell of a lot more than than the Commanders. I can see a world with the Ravens where that game is. Like, I don't even know how the math works up, but I can see a 34, 34 to 10 cover sure. for the Ravens. And like that number, that no, like if I'm, if, if I'm, if I'm betting on them to cover or if I'm betting on the over under, I can see more of a world they're obviously going to cover. But I can just see that number getting hit by Baltimore putting the, the the total on their back and just blowing them out more than I can see the commanders pulling away. That's just my biggest hiccup. Yeah. All right. Um, part of me, if you, yeah, give me the, give me your best pitch. Cause I, you can talk me off the ledge. Well, I, I think a couple of things we talked about, and I don't want to get too much more deeper into this cause I don't want to drag it on, but I do think, when are we ever going to use the Washington commanders again? I think that is already, uh, I think that's a fair point. I think the Ravens do, they are, the Ravens do play Arizona later on in the year. Um, and the commanders play some easier teams, such as like the Rams and some other, and some other teams. But I just feel like we can survive with the commanders. Let me pitch you this idea. We need some traction to this podcast. 
why wouldn't we leave this up to the fans of this podcast? Wow, I do like that, why actually. Why wouldn't we throw it in a poll come Friday or maybe Saturday, maybe Saturday afternoon? Give it Saturday afternoon. Give it about 12 hours. Throw it up on our Instagram. What's our Instagram again? It is, um, this is bad promotion. It is um, Northside Story underscore FF. There we go. So if you listen and it is going to be in our story who are and it's just going to be between these two teams it's not going to be like yep. pick anyone and we'll put a poll up there and we will choose whichever team the fans choose for our survivor league that sounds great i like that i can live with both and um we have some very smart people yep. within that just our, also our gives social the pressure circle. off of us because if they choose the wrong one then it's on them <laughs> To be fair, you <laughs> talked me into Seahawks last year. You mean you mean the Broncos? Or Broncos last year. PTSD. Yeah. But uh, PTSD. that's what we will do. We will p- promote that on Saturday. We'll make sure to um, have that. Uh, this podcast will be available before that. So once you're listening, yes. head to our Instagram page. It will be up shortly. Um, and you'll be able to vote and help us out in the Survivor League.